0: What we found out is that each one of us is a brain, and an athlete,
1: and a basket case, a princess,
2: and a criminal. Does that answer your question? Five self-involved teens destroy a high school library in order to work out their, quote, feelings. (laughs) This is spoilers. Welcome to Spoilers. I'm your host this week, Mikey, uh, Reporting out of Indiana. Let's go around our own virtual library today and meet who else? What other delinquents are uh, joining us tonight for this Spoilers podcast? Jordan. Uh,
1: (laughs) That's me.
3: (laughs) Hey, Mikey. Uh, This is Jordan. I'm recording from North Carolina tonight. Um, I'm probably the nerd of this crew.
4: (laughs) Anthony Michael Hall.
2: That's was going to be my opening question is, uh, which character do you most identify with and why? So, yeah. John, are you trying to say you're the smartest of the group?
0: Yeah. Uh, probably
5: not, no. no. <laughs> <laughs>
4: All right, this is Josh. Um, recording out of Goshen tonight. And I would say in high school, I was definitely like Brian. But now, recording with you babies. Hey, I'm more like Judd Nelson. Hey
0: you have gray hair?
4: No, because he was like 25 when, yeah, when so they were was like younger. 16. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> Jud Nelson should have been out of college by the time this movie was uh, filmed.
3: I feel like Josh is more like the principal character, actually. He's I'll go. I'll take principal. it.
2: That's fine.
4: <laughs> hey, I was doing like a Fonzie impression anyway. I, I don't know what that was. No one sorry. Knows
0: what that was. <laughs> yeah, He also hey. had gray hair when he was yeah. in high school. <laughs> Uh, this is TV recording from Elkhart, Indiana. Um, I don't know. I'd like to say I identify with Emilio Estevez, but he's a way better athlete and probably way more popular. Uh, <laughs> Has anyone ever <laughs> called you that. Sporto? No, no. That's why I said I was way better athlete. Um, yeah, I really don't identify. I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm just like a mix of everyone. So. There you go
3: Stevie's the Molly Ringwald Yeah that's probably you <laughs> so feathered
2: yeah. <laughs> The virgin Uh Pappy <laughs>
1: <Hey>.
2: <laughs> This is uh Pappy
5: Recording from Denver, Colorado And I am probably the most like Carl The janitor consider myself the eyes and ears of this institution and I to get drunk on old style in yeah, the Brian. basement yeah <laughs> well no, if I'm anybody I'm Ali Sheedy cuz I can make it rain some wicked dandruff on command I got you on
4: Ali Sheedy too I got that
5: <laughs> Ali Sheedy pre makeover not post makeover fuck that <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, let me just uh, give you some stats real quick. The Breakfast Club uh, was released in 1985. No,
4: who are you? Yeah, who are you? Oh, who am up?
2: I? I was going to say Carl just because he has to work on the weekends. Or, <laughs> or, uh, Ally Sheedy because, uh, I don't know, she just doesn't talk. So, I, I resonated with her. Um, <laughs> ha! I was gonna say uh, the Breakfast Club was uh, released in 1985. It was written and directed by John Hughes. Stars Molly Ringwald, Anthony Michael Hall, Emilio Estevez, Judd Nelson, Ali Sheedy, and uh, the principal is played played by uh, Paul Gleason. Three movie club, Paul Gleason.
5: Oh, really?
0: What were the other two?
5: Die Hard yeah. and Josh. Do you know the other one? Young Guns? Van (laughs) Wilder. He plays a dad.
4: Oh, yeah. It's because I fooled
5: around with your daughter. Wait, you fooled around with my daughter?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he plays the same character. He's clearly just, like, picked up and dropped into that movie.
2: (laughs) He's typecast. Uh, The opening scene of this movie is a quote by David Bowie, which says, And these children that you spit on as they try to change their words are immune to your consultations. They're quite aware of what they're going through, uh, and then it's like on a pane of glass, and then.
4: March it, for our lot. Li- hashtag March for our lives. <laughs> it,
2: I, I, it seemed this quote seemed a little far out there for me. Uh, I totally forgot that this was part of the movie. What did you guys think of it? Uh, it doesn't bother me until they. It's like on a pane of glass, and then it shatters. Yeah,
5: until they shattered away. <laughs> then it's like, okay, that's a little bit much. What <laughs> was that's his this break, obsession with
0: breaking but, glass?
2: John Hughes's obsession that happens a couple times in this yeah. movie.
0: Yeah.
4: That's when one, one of like Ferris Bueller's like keyboard sound effects. Definitely got like the glass breaking sound.
1: <laughs> well, then also many different
4: yeah. notes.
5: And when Emilio Estevez smokes pot and then can like break glass in the library <laughs> by screaming.
4: <laughs> John Hughes <laughs> he marked that his as the biggest regret in the film.
2: I know I saw that I thought that was hilarious There's a few
4: times where there's like some
3: There's a few times where it's some like telekinesis stuff Like one of the times when uh, The criminal dude Like yells really loud There's like <laughs> The sounds um, And then that time where Emilio Estevez produces like a room Full of fog from a single joint
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> The criminal dude
5: Yeah. Er, Come well. on
4: Sorry, couldn't remember his name.
3: Every Judd
5: Nelson, and every time he gets mad, uh, Metalocalypse shows up and like plays a guitar riff when he screams. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh,
2: After the glass breaks, it's uh, a sequence of the kids entering the school. They're all kind of dropped off in their own unique way. Uh, Claire's dropped off in her dad's BMW. Uh, Brian is dropped off in his mom's family car. Andrew, played by Emilio Estevez, is dropped off by his dad. And his dad is actually uh, an actor in The Dark Knight. I think he plays like a crooked cop or something. Um, And he's just yelling at Emilio in his Ford Bronco about his sports scholarship or something.
0: Anthony Michael Hall, also in The Dark Knight. Ooh, good call.
5: Ooh, yeah. Who's he in The Dark Knight?
0: He's the reporter that gets kidnapped.
5: Real big missed opportunity to not have Martin Sheen drop off Emilio Estevez in the car.
2: I don't think they were uh, the best of friends at this time. I don't think... They have a tumultuous relationship as father and son.
0: Probably getting lawyers ready for
4: Charlie. There's a little trivia about Martin Sheen in this movie, because Carl, the guy who played the janitor, made a joke at all the teens and was like, hey, you guys shouldn't be getting so intense. You know, Martin Sheen had a heart attack on Apocalypse Now. And I guess, like, Emilio Estevez got super pissed. And that Carl, whoever that actor's name is, I'm sorry, I forget his name, but he, like, seriously didn't know they were father and son. Which is pretty crazy. They were working on a movie
5: together. <laughs> what? Jesus, that's wild. That is crazy. Especially because I feel like Emilio Estevez sounds just like Martin Sheen in every line he's delivering in this fucking movie. He's so <laughs> it's, intense. It's exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's like a
4: Freudian slip or something.
2: They have the exact same face. <laughs> uh, Bender uh, walks in and he almost gets hit hit by uh, Ali Sheedy's parents who are dropping her off. And when Allie gets out of the car, she goes to say goodbye to her parents and they kind of just drive off without saying goodbye to her. Um, so they get inside and then uh, Richard, the school principal, he assigns a thousand word essay on who they think they are. And right off the bat, Bender is confrontational and uh, they kind of go at each other throughout most of the movie. Have you guys ever seen anybody as confrontational as John Bender in high school?
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, I got a quick story. Uh, me and my buddy Drew, we had a good. Uh, we we were in a class together, and there's this one kid in there that, yeah. Um, Never mind. Edit point. Can't
0: name names. (laughs) Name names.
4: Well, I think this kid. I think this kid was mentally challenged. So I don't want to make fun of him, but it was so funny because uh, you guys remember (laughs) Randy Miller, the teacher. He was like, "And here's Spain, and of course over here is Madrid." And this kid mumbled something. (laughs) Randy was like Randy Miller was like What did you say? And he goes If you don't know where Madrid is You're a fucking idiot
1: <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs>
4: Sorry for the tangent
5: It doesn't really sound like John, Something John Fender would say But that kid does sound crazy What did Shit. Randy say? It's
4: like please get in the hall So and so
5: Judd Nelson is violent in this movie. He's like out of control. He's like climbing things like a monkey at one point. He's. And apparently he was like harassing Molly Ringwald behind the scenes too, right? Really? I think so.
0: He was method acting.
4: (laughs) Jared Leto style. We all know you guys are a huge fan of method acting.
2: I haven't heard too many good stories about Judd Nelson from this movie. Uh, I even read that John Hughes said he'd refuse to work with Judd again because of this. This was actually supposed to be like a there's actually supposed to be like a couple sequels to Breakfast Club, but there was just so much tension, I guess between all of them that uh they kind of scrapped that idea
4: the irony was that paul gleason was actually the one to come to his aid paul gleason was like no he's doing a good job acting and he's method acting getting into character which is weird because that's where the most attention was in the movie so it's pretty funny
5: well it's like he's 26 and molly ringwald is like 16 like he's so much older than molly ringwald it's weird i don't know especially like when he like there's like a sexual assault scene. Yeah. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but that doesn't hold up too well.
4: <laughs> no, nor does it when they use, like, f- three homophobic slurs in the first ten minutes. It's pretty awful.
1: Look, you guys keep up your talking and Vernon's going to come right
0: in here. I got a meet this Saturday. I'm not going to miss it on the of you boneheads. Oh, and wouldn't that be a bite, huh? Whoa, missing a whole wrestling meet. Well, you wouldn't know anything about it, faggot.
1: You've never competed in your whole life. Oh, I know. I feel all empty inside because of it I have such a deep admiration For guys who roll around on the floor with other guys
0: It was a different time Yeah A simpler time
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well this movie's all about identity And sticking up for the marginalized And then they're using the F The real F word And like it's pretty bad It's
0: written on a locker in, like, the first minute.
5: Mm -hmm. The good guy says it to the bad guy. Yeah,
0: (laughs) the jack. (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah, I was just going to say that Paul Gleason is, like, really fantastic in this opening scene. He's really cracking a bunch of jokes at Bender's expense. Um, Do you guys have any favorite (laughs) moments from from, uh, the principal?
3: I think the sight gag when he... uh has like the toilet paper thing stuck in his in the back of his pants is pretty <laughs> hilarious. I
0: was my I was to say I think my favorite part with him it was just something that rings true for a lot of dickheads in life is when he's trying to get Andrew to prop open the door with that um, <laughs> with that shelving or whatever. Bender's <laughs> <And laughs> <laughs> just like tearing into him.
1: The door's way too heavy, sir.
0: Being like, that's not gonna hold. It's not gonna hold. And that first one goes flying. Then they try to put that like shelving unit in there, and Andrew's like struggling to get back into the library. <laughs> and the uh, Vernon, j- Vernon just looks at him and goes, "What are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Get that out of here!" <laughs> I
4: expected from more from you, Sporto. <laughs> yeah, just I love that
0: scene. Andrew Clark, get up here, Come on,
4: front and center. Let's go. Watch the magazines. It's out of my
0: hands. That's very clever, sir.
4: All right. What are you doing with this? What are you doing with this? Get, get out of here, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that scene was pretty intense when the principal's trying to get him to hit him in the face. It's kind yeah. of. Like the real side of it But then It's kind of undercut By like two scenes later The principal's drinking a beer With Carl In the basement
5: Old style Yeah see that's yeah. my favorite scene With the principal though Cause, or, cause he's Is he the principal? He's vice got, principal I think Vice principal Yeah, yeah. cause he's
4: Assistant <laughs> to the regional principal
5: <laughs> I used to like this movie A lot more Than I do now But then he has this one line Where he's like Did I change Or was it the kids who changed You know what I mean It's like the same movie in the same way that like carl's like no dude it's the same kids it's just like you've changed so like i don't know mm. that was kind of like a redeeming moment in this rewatch where it wasn't quite as enjoyable when i was like 12 to hear him like well i don't like it as much as i used to when i was their age it's
4: a pretty deep thought It's a good good
3: point pat
2: uh Gleason is like really famous for this. Uh, you mess with the bull, you get the horns speech he gives to everybody in <laughs> the library.
1: Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns.
2: It's been parodied a bunch of times and other stuff. It's pretty iconic, uh, line now at this point. So this role just ended up, I thought it was like really funny. And I th- thought Gleason does a really great job as a principal because, like Josh said, the, uh, scene in the separate classroom with bender they kind of go at it and they're kind of uh butting heads throughout the whole movie it's a lot of fun to watch throughout this whole time bender is creating chaos in the library by questioning claire about sex uh antagonizing emilio and constantly intimidating uh brian uh do you guys have any scenes in mind of like other ways, Bender is just constantly messing with people or getting in everybody's business. He's kind of like the main character of this movie.
5: He's fucking unhinged. Like the first thing he does is to, like piss on the floor, and they've only been in there for like five minutes. He's like, "Well, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, he's pretty much an animal." He
3: tries to pull a knife on Andy at one point too. Yeah, he's he's like fucking around with one of the with uh, Claire, I think, at one point, and. Uh, Andy comes and, like, is helping, like, push him away and stuff. And he ends up, like, pulling a knife on him at one point, which is pretty intense.
4: Is he, like, a fucking turd? He really is a turd, man. Oh, yeah. I would not, I would have been scared and hated Judd Nelson in high school. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
5: Apparently, part of his method of acting, too, included, like, going undercover in a high school. And he, like, really bought kids beer and shit, which is just, like, so weird. Like, why would you need to? All right, all
1: right,
0: all right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm
5: sure that's all he did. <laughs> Undercover.
4: I fucking hate method acting. It's so
0: stupid. It's so dumb. <laughs> Either be an actor or don't.
4: Yeah. I love it. I love the stories, the ridiculous acting. stories that come with it. It's so funny. <laughs>
2: He, I watched the um. DVD commentary and he was one of the people that... Him and uh, Anthony Michael Hall did the commentary and he is just as weird now or when they recorded it as he was back then. There was just like stories of him. He almost got kicked out of the audition right off the bat because the receptionist was like about to call the cops because he was just like being a dickhead in the waiting room. He's just like an unhinged person and... I don't know. I, I, I Those don't are know like his clothes, well. right? Yeah, he came to the set as Bender and I don't think they changed much about him. <laughs> was he dre- was he
4: dressed as Eric Harris or Devin Klebold for that?
0: Jeez! Ooh. enough with the Columbine references. Yeah, Whoa, man. it's not like I've been referencing Columbine
4: for
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, four yeah, yeah, episodes. One's what? enough. Yeah, two One is
5: funny, three is excessive, man. Come on.
0: God.
5: <laughs> the fact Josh. that you
2: mentioned that.
0: Classic Josh. <laughs> right, after, right after a March for Life rally, bring up bring up freaky deaky Columbine. I said I hated
4: John Bender. I hate those guys, too. They're the same ilk. on the Blu-ray. Losers on the Blu-ray. <coughs> they like actually,
2: <laughs> they actually credit him for like the uh, the style of the punk rock scene in Seattle. So like, Kurt Cobain totally ripped his style from this movie, and I guess this was like the first instant, instance of people kind of dressing that way. So he's like hailed as like a a trendsetter in that regard for this movie. It's kind of interesting. Okay, he does I still have. Hate him.
5: He does have one great part with the knife, though, where I think you were talking about like, he like stabs it into like a table or something and like Ali Sheedy like leans over from off frame and like steals it <laughs> out of the table Like puts it in person like scurries back off
1: frame. <laughs> it's so funny.
2: Yeah, throughout the whole movie, Ali Sheedy is stealing stuff from everybody. It's kind of funny. Uh, so after that, they eat lunch and then they all kind of have lunches that kind of represent themselves at the time. Uh, Claire's eating sushi, which is, like, super expensive and not really common at that time.
5: Sushi she kept in her purse all day. For-
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. like a
3: Simpler time, like Stevie said. Simpler time.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, Emilio's eating, like, ten sandwiches for protein because he's a wrestler.
0: That makes no sense, but yeah
2: Yeah, you'd think he'd have to make weight he have
0: to (laughs) make weight He's just beefing
2: up Hey, I didn't say he was a good wrestler I just said he was a wrestler (laughs) Uh, Brian's got a standard lunch And then Bender steals Brian's lunch Which, uh, there's a pretty funny scene Where he goes to reach for his soup And Bender slaps his hand away (laughs) I laughed pretty hard at that part
1: What are we having? It's just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? Soup.
4: Yeah. Oh, that's apple juice.
1: I can read.
0: PB&J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented.
2: Um, and then Allison eats a disgusting Captain Crunch and sugar sandwich.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and i don't think she's even talked yet up to that point in the movie has she It's like
0: i think she's just kind of made her like ewok noises yeah, yeah the squeaks ha!
2: <laughs> <laughs> um after that oh, we already talked about bender and emilio just constantly at each other's throats we talked about bender threatening with a knife And they also argue over who's in charge of the group when they go and run around the school Um, And they're fighting over the girls constantly Um, Did you guys care? Did you guys like find this believable that for being in a high school Weekend detention that there'd be this much drama between Students just I feel like everybody would just be sleeping instead of constantly arguing I don't know.
0: I wouldn't talk to anybody. Like, if I really didn't know him, I'd just, like, sit there and be quiet.
5: Even with, like, Judd Nelson going crazy, you just keep your head down?
0: Yes!
4: I do think that's kind of how it explains it. Like, Judd Nelson is so persistently an ass. He forces reactions out of everybody, basically, one by one. He has a scene with every. Like, he's the main character of this film. There's no doubt about it. And. Even with, like, Anthony Michael Hall, when they're pulling out their lunches, he, like, has that scene where he pulls everything out of his lunch bag and kind of intimidates him.
2: Do you think Judd has any motivations for doing all of this? Like, he's just doing this to pass the time, or he's truly an asshole and just trying to rile these kids up? What do you guys think?
5: because his dad burns him with cigarettes.
2: Oh, yeah, we get that story. I
3: took it as, like, he's in there just about every weekend, and so he just, like, doesn't really give a fuck. And he just tries to, like, have a This isn't his first
0: breakfast club. (laughs) Exactly.
4: (laughs) I think he says two or three times in the movie, though, I'm trying to help him. I'm trying to help her. Like... Is he like some genius psychologist that's getting under their skin so that they can reveal their true selves and then heal?
2: No. I think that's the worst part about his character is he does try to play like a pseudo-intellectual. And he just comes off as like a really annoying and pretentious, somehow a pretentious white trash (laughs) loser. I don't don't understand. He's he's a (laughs) pretty uh, (laughs) weird character for me.
5: Well, and he keeps his foot on the gas the whole time too. Like even after they've like smoked pot and like bonded and all cried together, Molly Ringwald does that like boob lipstick trick, and then he like immediately like cuts her down. And that's like at the end of the movie. He's like up until the end, he's still just a douchebag. And that trick's awesome. Like it's really cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't
4: understand the trick. <laughs>
5: apparently she couldn't actually do the trick so it's like that's why they cut away but she's supposed to be like putting on lipstick with her thing in her what's it called the canister in her boob
2: valley and <laughs> <laughs> her cleavage what, what? <laughs> did you say boob valley cleavage <laughs> no, <it's> like, <laughs> this is solar, so... <laughs> <laughs> I
1: couldn't
2: think of the word yeah that was a terrible <laughs> trick I thought it was super lame so I don't blame Judd for calling her out on that but also like you said they had just all cried together or whatever and I don't know his character is annoying all the way up until the end and I really don't know how to feel about him uh, but uh, after that they go to
0: Mikey I have a question yeah. for you Were, are there a lot of deleted scenes in this movie Um.
2: actually I didn't watch any of those I don't think there was but I heard that they got to ad-lib a lot for the the weed smoking scene and a bunch of other scenes where they're kind of just like antagonizing each well, other.
0: everyone's relationship just seems so disjointed. Because like there's like parts where like someone will come to someone aid, someone's aid, then a minute later they're tearing them down. It's like no one actually ever like cares for anybody throughout the entire Yeah, film. that's
2: kind of why I don't understand why they Even, constantly e- talk to each other throughout the whole thing is if these people are annoying you the whole time just shut up and sit there
0: yeah like andrew like comes to uh molly ringwald's aid like really quick and then all of a sudden like a minute later he's just like why are you being a bitch like that it's like
4: (laughs) (laughs) okay and also in what world does brian who's like all upset about to kill himself for getting uh f on a like one thing in shop go smoke weed inside of the school
5: Dude, the whole weed thing makes no sense to me. And it gets worse every time I watch it. Like, well, first of all, like you were saying, Stevie, like if you're in detention, just keep your head down. Like, why do they all go on the excursion to get the weed in the first place? Like, why do they agree to go? Like, even in the movie, they're like, I don't even know why I'm doing this right now. They're just doing it.
4: I did like the scene where he has like, it's like, a, it's like Russian eggs, except with weed bags. He has, like, this huge bag, and he pulls out, like, <laughs> nine bags until he gets the <laughs> smallest bag.
1: a slob. My maid's on vacation. Drugs.
0: He that bender, put it back. Boy has marijuana.
2: He has a huge, greasy grocery <laughs> bag. And he whips out a smaller grocery bag. And then he whips out a smaller Ziploc baggie with a pretty <laughs> hefty amount of weed. And so they're running around uh, the hallways, and they get into some, like, MC Escheresque esque chase scene with the principal. And they're, like, <laughs> crossing paths <pads laughs> in <MC> the hallways <laughs> and going upstairs and jumping all over the place. Through the school, I have a small problem with that chase scene.
5: I'd say more Scooby Doo than M. C. Escher. M. C. Escher, is <laughs> Scooby, generous. Yeah. Uh,
3: At one point in the chase scene, they like run down a long hallway that ends in like a gate. They can't get through the gate, and they run all the way into it, and like have to shake it, and like, oh, we can't go through here, and they have to turn around, and run all the way back. Why <laughs> would not you just turn around as soon as you saw the gate? It I bothers mean, me
5: so much. They get they get up to the gate, and they're like. Fuck you, Andrew. Why did you tell us to go that way? Like five minutes ago, no one was listening to to Judd Nelson.
2: (laughs) Jordan, I actually questioned this to myself about the gate. I figured they had to go all the way up there and run and see if it was locked because that was bothering me so bad. As soon as I would have seen the gate, I would have turned around, but I figured they would have gone up there and tested to see if it's locked because I totally agree with you.
3: It sticks out to me every time I see this movie. It bothers me a lot. But yeah you're probably right Probably had to check and see if it was locked
5: You're so stupid Andrew (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you Andy
0: Alright what were you gonna say
2: Stevie
5: What bothered me
0: about this scene Is it's really weird but Like there's music playing There's obviously not music playing in real life And the vice principal is dancing on beat (laughs) To the music in every scene it makes no sense.
2: I like how he's totally oblivious and his other senses wouldn't hear all of these kids stomping around.
0: All the squeaker. All They're the squeaker sliding squeaking.
2: all over greased You'd floors. Just hear
4: it. No, that heavy door. It's shut now, guys. Come on. <laughs>
2: the door's shut now.
4: <laughs> Why is that door closed?
2: Judd uh, breaks off to distract the principal and he shoves his weed down Brian's pants and uh, he takes off down the hallways. Uh, screaming some army march chant or something and he ends up in a basketball court playing basketball Uh, this scene (laughs) I was like damn Judd Nelson has hops and then it (laughs) it zooms back (laughs) it's only like an (laughs) 8 foot 7 foot I thought this scene was pretty funny because Judd Nelson says a pretty hilarious line like I'm trying to get a scholarship
1: Don't you want to hear my excuse? Out. Thinking of trying out for a scholarship. Give me
2: the ball. Which I crack up like every time
1: I <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why. A scholarship. <laughs>
2: um So the principal drags uh, Bender back to the library.
5: What does he say something about like what would you do if your weed was on fire? And he says impossible, sir. It's in Johnson's underpants. Johnson's underpants. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That scene is hilarious because uh, Brian Brian's head kind of perks up and he looks like such a dweeb. He's shitting his pants at that point.
4: Everything's a big joke, huh, Bender? The false alarm you pulled Friday. False alarms are really funny, aren't they? What if your home, what if your family,
1: what if your dope was on fire? Impossible, sir. It's in Johnson's underwear. <laughs>
4: Didn't he also, like, hide a couple boners earlier in the movie? So he's used to, like, covering up his wiener area. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's (laughs) how good at it. That's how Judd Nelson knew to put the weed in there.
1: (laughs) I mean, Anthony Michael
0: Hall filmed this at the right time. Because I looked up Judd Nelson's height when Mikey said he could dunk, and he's 5'10". Anthony Michael Hall, I think, was the youngest person on this set. He ended up being 6'2". Yeah,
5: That would have made no sense in the context of the movie
0: No and Emilio Estevez Is the smallest person at 5'7
4: But he has the biggest chest
0: Yep Uh,
2: (laughs) And the best blue tank top So we all get back to the library And uh, the principal leaves And this is where they smoke weed And we get a A a kumbaya circle of uh, Judd Molly Ringwald and Brian Michael or Anthony Michael Hall, and they kind of just goof around with each other. And uh, then Emilio Estevez has a really weird dance sequence, which we talked, we kind of brushed <laughs> over, where he uh, destroys that pane in the in the doorway, that glass pane in the doorway. And like Jordan said, he totally hot boxes an entire office in the upstairs library. It's ridiculous. It makes no sense.
0: What impression was Anthony Michael Hall doing? <laughs> was that Sammy Davis Jr.?
2: Uh, I actually read that it was Richard Pryor's from uh, Stand Up.
4: Well, I have a question for Jordan. Hmm. I just wondered do you, do you like this drug scene from Amelia Estevez or would you prefer his Young Guns oh, drug dude, scene? definitely
3: reminded me of the peyote scene from Young Guns, um, which is. Also, better than this poorly crafted weed scene.
1: Did, did, did you guys see something? Chicken!
0: You guys are the worst.
5: <laughs> the, the thing about it, too, is the script, like, it goes out of its way to make this weed seed happen. Like, they have to have this whole <laughs> chase sequence. The principal has to be, like, so distracted getting drunk in the basement <laughs> that there's no chance he can walk up. Like,. I, Josh, was weed big in high school in the 80s? I don't, <laughs>
4: I don't know, man. <laughs> I got to think with Reagan in charge, they're probably cracking down on it quite a bit.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no way that they're getting away with this weed scene because they're just hotboxing this entire fucking library. This gigantic library has got to be filled with smoke at this point. No, no,
5: it's cool because John Bender smoked a cigarette in there afterwards to cover it up.
4: <laughs> Which is also cool. It's fine. Yeah, yeah don't
1: worry.
2: Um, and then there's like a dance montage with everybody. I thought it was a pretty great dance montage. I don't know what song it was. It wasn't very popular for the 80s because I've never heard of it again. <laughs> the weird kumbaya circle towards the end of the movie. Where everybody kind of releases their stuff on why they're in detention. Um, Claire gets kind of baited by Allison to uh, admit that she's a virgin. Uh, did we ever hear why Claire was in detention? She was like the only one I couldn't remember.
5: I think she skipped school because her she dad says something at the beginning.
2: Yeah, good call. Um. That's not as interesting as I was hoping.
4: Well, also, (laughs) Ali Sheedy's character reveals that she had nothing better to do. So, like, there's not, like, a thousand kids in detention. There's five. Does this vice principal not have a checklist?
5: And what keeps throwing me off, too, is, like, the number of kids in detention is not proportional to the size of the library. (laughs) There should be, like, thousands of kids at that school and more than five in Saturday school on any given Saturday. This
2: library is amazing. It's... Massive, and it's got like a whole recording studio, an upstairs level, just yeah, just a bunch of crazy art. stuff in it. And these kids are totally destroying it throughout the entire movie. It kind of pisses me off. Um, and then we get the store, destroy the, the literature. <laughs> well, there's one scene where Jed Nelson is just ripping a book for absolutely no reason, just throwing it all over the place.
3: He's an asshole, man. He's just an asshole.
2: Basically, ISIS. Uh, Emilio admits that he. (laughs) Emilio admits that he's in. He's uh, in detention because he, quote, taped a guy's asshole shut or something. I don't know. He. He has the lamest reason for why he was in detention. He was hazing a kid and just taped his buns together. Is what he says. It's very homoerotic on his part. I don't to understand. Make his
5: papa proud. Yeah. And when he removed it, the flesh came off with the tape. <laughs>
0: oh, you know, he's really hairy. Yeah.
2: He ends up feeling really guilty about it and admits that uh, he didn't really want to do it, but his dad uh, kind of pushed him into it because it's a, it's a sports thing.
5: He acts like he couldn't tell that his ass was hairy Before he taped it shut Like (laughs) it was only after that I realized
2: How painful it would be (laughs) Uh, Did Bender have a specific reason Oh wait go ahead Josh Pulled the fire
0: alarm
4: Yeah I thought the other thing that was funny about Emilio Estevez's Story is he says like the worst part About it is that that kid has to go home and Explain in the shame It's like no dude the worst part was The asshole being taped together By far (laughs) Yeah Some asshole tapes my asshole together I'm not ashamed He's the dickhead
1: What the hell (laughs) Uh,
2: And then Brian I totally forgot about this part But let me ask if I'm getting this right Brian brought a flare gun to school Was it to shoot a teacher Or was he going to shoot himself
0: He's going to shoot himself
5: He never says that But Molly Ringwald says Killing yourself is never the answer So that's what I guess that's my interpretation
2: but okay so
4: he was gonna set his hair on fire
2: (laughs) yeah for Brian being such a smart person I found this bit to be odd because a flare gun isn't gonna do much I mean it might kill you I guess if you want to go out in a really horrible way Uh, it's not very effective and I don't know why he would bring it to school in the first place
1: it could,
4: it could only kill you if you're like a Buddhist monk that can just sit there in yoga
2: pose on fire. You could shoot it in your mouth and just <laughs> swallow it. Oh my god! <laughs>
5: well, then like all the other kids too are like goofing on him for his failed suicide yeah. attempt. Like, exactly. Ah, you okay. dumbass! You can't even kill yourself with a flare gun.
2: But he's like, yeah, <laughs> it is pretty funny. In, my, in the context, <laughs> I was thinking about this. They, he was going to be a school shooter and kill that teacher, and they just totally blow over the fact that he was going to murder someone on a school ground and i don't know it just doesn't didn't hold up too well for me because they really brush it off pretty quick a different time this
0: is exactly. before school shooters like the two that josh brought up
5: it would have been so much easier to go that he cheated like that would make yeah. so much more sense for his yeah. character and for the story and for everything like, why?
4: Well, I actually read and I don't know if I buy this that that whole scene including their motivations of getting detention was ad-libbed by the actors that seems like a bad move what? that's like a crucial point in the movie there's no way that's ad-libbed
0: lots of cocaine John Hughes used <sighs> lots of cocaine
2: but uh Anthony and Michael Hall slash Brian ends up asking on Monday if they're going to be friends again and he doesn't get the answer that he wants. They all kind of uh, shoot him down saying that they're all just different people and that they probably wouldn't be friends.
3: If Brian came walking up to you in the hall on Monday what would you do? I mean picture this you're there with all the sports. I know exactly what you do. You'd say hi to him and when he left you would cut him all up so your friends wouldn't think that you really
2: liked him bender just breaks back into a separate room uh movie kind of wraps up pretty quickly actually uh claire uh jumps into bender's separate room and do they bang what what are you guys' thoughts
1: there please
0: someone answer I'm so curious about this too she gives
5: Bender a kiss
0: I would say no
5: I have never even considered that they bang what's she doing in there then hugging and kissing and stuff I don't know (laughs) moving around (laughs) she does give him the diamond earring is that supposed to represent her giving him her virginity
2: I don't know but they she does make out with him
4: that along with the hickey god Nelson (laughs) probably wanted to like method act this part so bad (laughs) (laughs) what a doucher
2: (laughs) yeah he's a creeper uh Allison Allison gets a makeover from uh Molly Ringwald and when she worst when she uh emerges from the room she's getting the makeover and Emilio is pretty smitten with her uh so stupid I, I don't know
0: <laughs> And Brian does get no one
1: <laughs> get Nerd, You get on. to write the paper
2: <laughs> This is my actual note that I wrote Brian gets cucked into writing the paper for the group
1: <laughs>
2: So he gets uh, cucked into writing the paper And This paper definitely does not meet Any of the requirements set out by the principal And it was definitely not a group project So they'll all be back there next week Which means Sporto is gonna lose a scholarship. <laughs>
0: <laughs> gonna get my full ride.
2: Uh, is there anything else I'm missing there? Or? I think Pap's in
4: agreement though that the makeover scene has got to be the most god awful part of the movie.
5: Second most to when the sexual assault when Bender's hiding underneath Molly Ringwald's desk and like the it's right before the pot scene and he like. I guess he like bites her vagina or something and she screams.
4: Oh <laughs> and, I don't think that happened, but...
1: Okay. Well,
5: I don't know how that works. Maybe you can explain it to me later. But he bites her <laughs> vagina or something and she screams. <laughs> and then, so he like, he's actually assaulted. Then she's like, okay, I'm gonna go smoke with him now. And she's the first person to go smoke weed with him. And the rest of the group like follows her. Like that makes no sense to me. It was a different time.
4: Dude, she needed to uh, forget her past. Different <laughs> <laughs> <their> times, baby. <laughs> God damn.
5: But then you just bit a girl's vagina and then you were soulmates for life.
4: The part where Molly Ringwald redoes Ally Sheedy is just so much a cop-out of, like, who's everyone's character is, and, like, it's kind of the same thing with the nerd, like, the only way that this nerdy girl who's all goth could ever be cool and accepted is if we comb her hair and put lipstick on Yeah, her, the fact like,
2: that she looks exactly the same, she brushed her hair and put on a different shirt. She's pretty much the same person. <laughs> it was hardly a makeover. Now people will accept you.
5: Now you have a bow in your hair. It's a makeover. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Where did
4: she get that white dress? Was that just like in Molly Ringwald's bag? I was also wondering that
2: as well. That was never explained.
5: Well, and, like, the fact that she changes from, like, all black to, like, all white is, like, the most simplistic baby metaphor thing I've ever seen. Like, it's so dumb.
4: The thing I will give that scene, though, is that Ali Sheedy, once she's dressed like that, she doesn't act all, like, ditzy and girly. She still has, like, the same weird mannerisms, which Mm -hmm. I guess I appreciated. Like, she's still a freaking weirdo in the white dress,
2: like... She looks cute, but she's still a weirdo. Yeah, she uh, stares down Brian, who kind of gets caught staring at her. And she kind of intimidates him. It's kind of funny. Uh, But after that, they all get picked up. Um, Claire makes out with Bender right on top of her dad's BMW. Brian gets picked up by his mom. Uh, Emilio's dad comes and picks up uh, Emilio and while while Emilio's dad is pulling away he totally checks out Molly Ringwald's ass (laughs) and then uh, Bender gets Claire's ring and then there's that iconic scene of him walking across the football fields and then fist pump in the air for I don't know I guess he's like destined to take Molly Ringwald's virginity is that fist pump is, sig- is signifying I don't really know what he's fist pumping about but uh I kind of like
5: what Josh was suggesting earlier that he's like a mad scientist genius the therapist and like th- that was his plan the whole time was to break him down then get him on some drugs and then re- win over Molly Ringwald he does this every Saturday that's where some of pictures is. collecting data <laughs>
3: actually in the movie he's also 26
2: years old (laughs) (laughs) just a creep he's
5: like the high school uh
2: so after that we kind of get the fade out scene uh don't you forget about me um plays this out uh so that's the end of the movie uh my first question for you guys post movie review is uh Do you guys think this film has a lot of cultural significance uh, for movie-wise or just, like, in general, pop culture-wise? Do you guys think it's still relevant today?
4: I was joking earlier, but the David Bowie quote really does seem like the whole March for Lives movement, and there's this whole debate going down right now about, like, these kids should we take them seriously or should the adults tell them what to do or are they just full of crap and it kind of reminds me of that but that's very very loose i think this movie is supposed to be a social commentary on like the five stereotypical high schoolers and i don't think that holds up very well i think that's pretty dead
5: well it's i was thinking about this a lot because like I mean, it's easy to goof on this movie because it's from the '80s, and of course, all of the people are white. But like, if you made this today, <laughs> it would definitely be like, like, you'd probably have like one like trans or bi person. You'd have like like a black person, a Hispanic person, a white person, and it would be more about like overcoming cultural barriers and like accepting each other. You know what I mean? As opposed to like
2: like Spider-Man: Homecoming
5: yeah exactly That's for
1: dude
2: don't give Hollywood any ideas they'll totally reboot Breakfast Club after what you just said
3: <laughs> no no like the, the Breakfast Club the like movie poster one of the movie posters for Spider-Man is like exactly the same thing like they're all in the same poses and stuff but yeah I mean I, Josh kind of off what you were saying like how like do the stereotypes still exist anymore I wonder how much like social media has to do with that because like there aren't i feel like like yeah there are cliques still but there's so much like crossover that like everybody knows everybody so there wouldn't just be like five unknown people in a detention together ever
2: yeah uh the fact that all these kids are white is definitely not representing Everyone, I guess it doesn't really hold up to yeah. (laughs) We can say that for so many things in this movie.
3: When there were only white people.
2: (laughs) Rush shades. It's the only world that John Hughes knows is just white kids in suburbia. Um that's what he's gonna stick to his guns. Um My other question is, uh do you guys think this is John Hughes' best directed film? He's written a lot of these He's written a lot Hell of these no. classic no. teen movies, but this is one of the I think like six that he's directed. Uh Stevie, what would you say is his best directed movie?
0: Uh, if Uncle I, Buck. I would probably say Uncle uh, Buck. Man, I do love Chicago. Uncle he Buck. He only directed
4: great. he only directed like eight movies. And they were all really good.
5: She's having a baby?
4: Was Curly Sue really good? Because I'm not sure yeah, about she's that. having a baby.
5: Weird science. Does that hold up? Science. I gotta go. Favorite Love. Mikey, an earlier pick from you. Planes, Trains. Planes, I think that's.
2: A, I was gonna say Ferris Bueller. I think that's yeah. the perfect movie and one of my favorite movies. And
0: I'd say 16 Candles.
2: We got Ferris Bueller too. Uh, yeah, I'm with Mikey too. I feel like that movie's
4: so tight. It's great.
2: Um. So that's all the questions I had. Unless you guys had anything else you want to add, I just want to point out that since we all chose who we thought we represented in the beginning, I want to make it clear that Jordan did point out that he most represented represented himself with the school shooter uh, stereotype. Um, I don't know what that says about him. Whoa, whoa, whoa! But we'll get into our yes or nos whoa, uh, first up.
5: <laughs> God damn it! Jordan wasn't marching on Saturday. <laughs>
1: Uh,
2: first up, we'll go uh, Stevie. Yes or no?
0: Uh, this is a soft yes. Uh, what I'll say is it doesn't get any better each time you watch it. It just gets worse. Um, but uh, I, I'll give it a soft yes. It's enjoyable to watch.
2: Uh, next we'll go Jordan.
3: Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a yes for me too I, I think it I mean it's it's all over like the Wikipedia page it is like one of the most recognized like high school coming of age movies um, like recognized for that so I, it's a yes I think it's kind of a classic in that respect. Um, but as we've kind of pointed out the entire time as you get older there are a lot of things you pick up and like and eh, like that's not it's not quite right and there's a lot of things that could be tightened up about the movie.
4: Uh, Josh. Uh, I mean, this has Emilio Estevez, so it's a pretty solid yes for me. Um, the bar is low. I, th- I think honestly, <laughs> I think honestly, this movie is a pretty good historical, like time capsule for what the stereotypes were during the '80s. The song "Don't You Forget About Me" was written for this movie. I found out tonight. So, for Billy that, Idol, that alone, I think. Makes this movie a yes. That song is awesome. I love that song. Um,
2: I didn't know it was written for the movie, so that's pretty cool. And
4: yeah, and so it's a yes for me, but I think it's kind of interesting. Pa- Pappy and I were talking about it earlier. Like, did John Hughes just use classic 80s songs, or was he part of the reason they became classic 80s songs? And I think it's a little bit of both. But
2: yeah. Uh, and Pappy.
5: Uh yeah I think everyone should see this movie when they're 12 um, but then once you get much past high school I don't know if it really holds up I, I did like what Josh said though is that it-, it really is probably one of the most 80s movies of all time and of those like Brat Pack movies it's the, definitely the most iconic like the movie poster has been done a million billion times the songs uh the other song that we didn't know is we are not alone by carla devito uh, that's what's playing during the dance sequence but yeah the songs the outfits the everything it's i don't think it's a great film but it's a piece of pop culture history so for that it's, it's a definite yes
4: before mikey goes can i add a quick shout out here um we don't have brett on the pod tonight um, Guest Brett, but I think that he would be a, it would be a miss because he loves this movie. I know he does. It's his and birthday one thing, Yeah, it's his birthday today. Um, he couldn't be on because he's eating roast But 46 um, years oh. old. <laughs> he sent us a picture of like the rarest roast beast ever. It <laughs> looked delicious, actually.
2: That thing was still mooing. Yeah.
4: <laughs> We hit on it earlier where Judd Nelson is just going at it with the principal, and he's like, do you want another Saturday? Yeah. How about another? <laughs> yeah. And then Molly Ringwald mouths to him,
1: stop.
4: And it's like, <laughs> it's so cringy. And uh, me and Brett have like <laughs> had that as kind of an inside joke for a long time. So I just want to give a shout out to Brett and that scene. Before Mikey gave his yes or no.
2: Yep, Brett's having his own uh, sixteen candles right now. So happy birthday, Brett! <laughs> um, Everyone I forgot. Hope you get laid tonight.
5: I yeah, can just picture Brett like sitting crisscross applesauce on his bed with a with a birthday cake.
4: Crisscross
5: <laughs> applesauce. Not the
4: wish. Indian style.
5: Crisscross yeah, whatever. applesauce. Whatever. What? Wait, what? <laughs> what? I was jumping down my throat today for my phrases I don't like it already made a meme of boot already made a boot valley meme I
1: <laughs>
4: like it Hi Tarantino
2: uh, So I'm going to give this movie a definite yes I can agree with just about every little I can pull something from everything you guys have said uh, Stevie I agree that it does get worse every time you watch it but like pappy says it is a classic and it is one of those movies that everybody should probably see i would agree it would probably be better to watch it before high school um it would seem kind of child childish to watch it afterwards unless you you're one of those people that grew up with this movie um i thought the library set was amazing uh i i read that they had built that thing from scratch. It's not a real location, and I thought it looked great. And it's really like oh, a character wow. for the movie. It's the whole, the whole ninety uh, percent of the movie takes place in the library, and it's like really iconic to the to the movie now at this point. Um,
3: huge bottle yeah. episode.
2: Uh, twelve Angry. Oh, true. Yeah. I think uh, I think all the performances are pretty great, even though it is a bunch of white kids so it's not totally representative of everybody but uh it's just a bunch of rich white kid problems and it's kind of fun to watch on screen um (laughs) it's holding up less and less for me the more i watch it i don't really watch it all that much i haven't watched it in a while actually but uh i kind of slog through it to get to do this review but uh it's a good movie it's not as best but i'll give it a yes
4: why did you pick it, Mikey?
2: Uh, just because I wanted to choose an 80s movie, and I didn't really want to do Ferris Bueller because that's my favorite movie, and I don't know. I just got a thing about talking about my absolute favorite movies, I guess. I just wanted to choose something similar. So I decided on Breakfast Club. It's also pretty iconic for the 80s. Um. Uh, so should we go to Spoilers Man, or should we... Jump into this trivia first. Trivia first. Trivia. Alright. Uh, you trivia. You guys were naming off some uh, trivia already, and I hope none of you guys have looked this up. But uh, like we mentioned before, Ali Sheedy doesn't speak for a, quite a while in this movie. At what minute in the movie does uh, she begin talking? And we'll go, price is right, rules.
5: Oof. Are you counting the do you know like is it the ha
2: or is it like her first uh, words? I believe it's her first words.
0: Alright, I'll say thirty-seven.
1: I
5: will say twenty two.
2: Uh Josh.
4: Uh I'm gonna cut those guys in half and say 30. Fuck you. You <sighs> ah, said his price is right
3: rules?
2: My leg. Yes.
3: I will say uh... ah, shit, I don't know if I should cut off Josh or Stevie. <laughs> um, I'm going to cut off Stevie, I'm going to say 3701.
1: <laughs> what? A bag of dicks.
2: <laughs> is that impossible? Uh, closest retail price is Josh with thirty. Uh, the actual answer is the thirty-third minute of the movie Woo! until Ally She talks. God damn oh, it! Mm, boom. Baby, baby. Uh, boom. so before Josh man. decides what movie we're watching next week, which is probably going to be awful, uh, we'll toss it over the spoilers, <laughs> man.
0: Probably feature rape or some sexual assault.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: but it'll have a deeper meaning. Man.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Like in like in Duck You Sucker, <laughs> the unambiguous <rape>. It's imperative <laughs> to the narrative. Come
4: on. <laughs> Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme. Our number is 903-776-4507 And if you enjoyed what you heard today subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes Please don't forget to leave us a review by searching for movie spoilers Clicking on the cereal bowl Select the reviews tab and leave us some stars and some words And we're back! <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Josh, what are you choosing okay. for
4: you Um. Okay. Um I mentioned this movie to Pappy a couple weeks ago. Oh. And I think no Pappy, I think <laughs> I you were about it. No, movie, it was a movie it was a movie you had never heard of. It's uh-huh. called Los enchiladas And it stars Mitch Hedberg. It's his only movie. And you can only find this movie on YouTube, actually. Wasn't he also in Arts
0: of Dogtown?
4: No, this is like his movie.
0: Oh,
2: okay. Los enchiladas.
1: Yeah, Yo, Max, that
4: yeah dude. Yo, I dude, this movie could be awful, like you said. Nah. I don't know because <laughs> I've never seen it. It's only an hour and thirteen minutes, <laughs>
5: and it's free. I'm looking at it right now. Los yeah, enchiladas, I'm actually I'm giving you guys the link yeah.
4: <laughs> in the G chat, so we can watch it on YouTube and talk about it. But um, Los enchiladas, Los enchiladas.
0: So is this like Clerks? Yeah, what's the- it about? A Mexican restaurant?
5: Was it on Letterboxd?
0: About a Whoa, half dozen dude. slacker dudes dwell out their job at Los Enchiladas. It the is on Letterboxd. A Mexican sit-down joint. It, it was 3.2. directed
4: by the late Mitch Hedberg. Come on,
0: dude, Mark Maron. the Mexican restaurant. Oh, it's waiting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
4: so yeah thank you to beater chew who uploaded this to youtube in 2012 so that we can all enjoy this and review it
2: for illegally uploading that video uh yeah uh well if you guys don't have anything else to add we'll wrap it up here you guys good solid all right well uh that was spoilers uh (laughs) Uh, I just want to mention real quick that uh, me, Pappy, and Brett are on Letterboxd, so follow us on there, I don't know why, uh, but I kind of want to check out other movies other people have seen. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be making a spoilers (laughs) list or anything, but you can follow all that kind of stuff on there, too, if you want. Hmm.
5: Search for spoilers. (laughs) Yeah. Search for (laughs) spoilers.
2: Spoilers. Uh, But yeah, that was spoilers.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That
3: was Spoilers.
1: Eat my shorts. What was that? Eat my shorts. You just bought yourself another Saturday, mister. I'm oh, crushed. You just bought one more right there. Well, I'm free the Saturday after that. Beyond that, I'm going to have to check my calendar. Good, because it's going to be filled. We'll keep going. You want another one?
4: Say the word, just say the word. Instead of going to prison, you'll come here. Are you through? No. I'm doing society a favor. So? That's another one right now. I've got you for the rest of your natural born life if you don't watch your step. You want another one? Yes. You got it. You got another one right there. That's another one, pal.
1: Cut it out. You through? Not even close, bud. Good. You got one more right there. You really think I give a shit? Another. You through? How many is that?
5: That's seven, including the moment we first came in you asked Mr. Vernon here whether Barry Manilow knew that he raided his closet. Now it's eight. You stay out of it. Excuse me, sir, it's seven. Shut up, Pee-wee. Wow. You
1: don't yeah.